Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Listick Behind the Curtain, my chance to step away from the world of politics and law that I cover on television to talk about a true passion, which is the world of theater and the arts here on the podcast. Uh, although, actually, arguably, the interview we're going to do here, you know, is kind of politics related in terms of the issues that come up in the show, at least to me it is. It's the Lehman Brothers, which is playing over at the Broadway Playhouse, and it's going to be playing there um, through November 26th. I didn't know what to expect when I saw it. I thought I would be amazed. I was amazed. And I am drawn, I'm sorry, I am joined by all three Lehman Brothers, incredible talents who are with me now. Let me introduce you to them. Mitchell Fain, longtime friend, portrays Henry Lehman. Uh, You all do a great dialect and accent, by the way, when you need to. I was translating the Hebrew for those around me in the first row who were Gentile. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Mitchell is also very familiar to us for lots of roles you did. But I think the David Sedaris Santaland Diaries, Mitchell, is just something you'll forever be connected to. Me in striped candy cane tights will be forever my image, I know. I thought we might get you that way today. Uh, You can't see the lower half of me. Okay. (laughs) That and your podcast with Alexandra Billings. Both of those two things make you absolutely famous. And also joining us, Joey Slotnick, my old friend from when we did a Looking Glass Theater special some time ago. Uh, he is playing Mayor Lehman and uh, Meyer. Le- Mayor, let's see, you do say this Mayor, right? Meyer. Meyer. It is Meyer. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, that would have been pronounced. That's why I stopped myself. Um, but a longtime Looking Glass Ensemble Theater member. Uh, you've seen him on just so many TV shows. If I start going through that, we'll, we'll never get through, uh, through anything else because everything from Pirates of Silicon Valley to Boston Public, the single guy, I mean, on and on, um, nip talk, single guy, just on and on. Great stuff. Um, but, but I think the Looking Glass special was probably the pinnacle of your career. <laughs> I think so too. And also joining us, uh, is actually Timeline Company member. You get to wear that hat. Uh, and for this one, Anish Jeff Milan, uh, Jeff Malani, uh, joins us and he plays Emmanuel Lehman in this show. But you've done some, so many great things. Um, Oslo at the Broadway Playhouse. You've been there before. Uh, and so many great things I've seen you in with Timeline. What a great theater and his history related theater company that you're with working with PJ and all those great great uh great people over there thanks Anish, for joining us yeah thank you for having me all right i got all three of you so i can't assume everybody understands what this story is about um i guess mitchell i'll i'll start with you i mean i when i first read the title i went okay we're going to all hear about bank crashes and stuff like that and that really doesn't do this justice um because this show of course which was so acclaimed really internationally uh, five tonys i think it was and and on and on the the 2022 Tony Award for Best Play. It's just amazing. Mitchell, give us the thumb cap review, thumbnail review of what this show is really all about. I think uh, it's called the Le- it's called the Lehman Trilogy. It's in three acts, and I think the assumption is that ev- pretty much everyone knows what happened in 2008 with the crash, uh, the stock market crash uh, on Wall Street, and uh, what happened to the Lehman Brothers, the business Lehman Brothers. And so the play says, okay, if that's all you know about the Lehman Brothers, do you actually know who the Lehman Brothers are, were, how it started, why they did it, how they did it? And so that's what this play is about. It's not about the stock market crash of 2008. In fact, that's a very small part of this play. What's the the crux of this play is how did, how? let's go back 163 years and find out how this all started. What was the 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 noble and ambitious and uh a- immigrant story that that eventually ended in 2015 uh 2008 by the way without any Lehman brothers at the business 
Well, I'm always very careful never to give any secrets away. Uh, so I don't want to do that here. Um, and uh, for example, when I did Dear Evan Hansen, the cast said, please don't tell anybody that Connor dies. I mean, he's dead in two minutes. What, what was anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I, I respect the secrets, but, but Joey, what I, what, what is so true about what Mitchell just said is not only 2008 dealt with as a moment in time, which it is. But and I'm not giving anything away, but let me just say it's almost as though the entire trilogy goes full circle because we don't walk out thinking about 2008. We actually walk out thinking about a total history of the Lehman family. At least I did. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's so beautiful about this play is that it really takes you back and you see the beginnings of of what these brothers did, what they built, you know, for or for better or for worse how they how they made their business how they grew how they made money and they were inc- they were incredibly uh, smart smart people the children that they had were incredibly smart uh the people that they married you know i mean it's a really it's a beautifully layered story about about capitalism about the immigrant story about the jewish immigrant story um you know it's just yeah it's a very unique unique play i think and that's why so many people i think are reacting to it in such a positive way there are many i think everyone can relate to different parts of the play i feel like i should end that answer with baruch hashem <laughs> um, and, and by the way anish how much did, did you have the, the the hebrew down in this whole thing when you when you started this how much how much homework you know you come from the history related theater company more than anything else in the city i think uh, how much homework did you have to do I had to do a lot of homework, um, <laughs> a lot of homework. Um, this is not an easy play to do, even for the most seasoned professional. Um, we took a, a number of months to to try to get off book for this uh, play. That, that was I have to, I was going to ask you that. How the heck did yeah. you guys learn these lines? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because you know we we had some friends of ours who are professional actors who've been doing this for years, and that's their first question: How did you memorize these lines? <laughs> But no, I was just sitting down with the script for for several months, um, you know, and we got together as a group, uh, you know, two or three times before we started rehearsals, running through each of the parts. There are three parts, you know, three acts of this play, and we we had to drill those lines. And uh, so it was just intense, intense study, you know, going over them every night um, and and coming together as a group and, and, and running those lines as much as we can. And, you know, at that point, it's just words. So actually, when you get into the rehearsal process, then you put intention behind it and meaning. And so from there, you know, we were able to kind of infuse that into our into our bodies and into our minds. Uh, but with regards to the Hebrew, you know, I had uh, Sammy Grant, uh, who was our dialect coach. She really helped me out, uh, giving me videos. Uh, these two fantastic actors, uh, you know, who are a uh, Jewish background also helped me out quite a bit. Um, so it took some time to to try to get down, but I'm, I hope I'm giving it a little bit of justice when we do it. And I've been bar mitzvah, so if you have questions going forward, feel free to, to give me a call. <laughs> I want to I want to I want to tell an anecdote that I was um, between we were in previews and I was walking to get a sandwich between shows, and these three adorable old uh, octogenarian Jewish ladies uh, swarmed me with appreciation and love for the play, and how beautiful that there's these three Jewish men in the play. And I said, "Well, two of us are actually Jewish," and they said, "Wait, you're not all Jewish." And so, Anish, to your credit, they couldn't tell. It's the beard. Uh, <laughs> it, it helps everybody. Uh, Joey, by the way, one of the reasons I think this works, first of all, the, the history of this, of this, um, not the script because it goes back before that, but am I right? This actually started as a poem. Isn't that the original 
incarnation of this piece was was as poetry? <clears throat> well, it's 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 a it's a novel, but yes, it's written like a poem. And the novel is I don't know maybe five hundred pages, um, and it was written like that first scene that um, Mitchell's character Henry begins to play is pretty much word for word of the novel. And then it goes, there's many, there's a lot more characters and uh, in, in the novel itself, but then the novel was kind of, you know, uh, whittled down a little bit to make it into a play. And then that play was whittled down to, to these kind of the three hours, three act play. But yes, it starts out like, like that. It looks like, it looks like it's a poem. It's kind of, that's kind of what's so beautiful about it. That's certainly one of the things that I really loved about even seeing the script for the first time it's just it's it's kind of it's heightened a bit you know it's just it there's a sense of of um of uh i, I want to say unreality which is not the correct word but it, there's a sense of like something is 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 afoot there's something more than than just the than just regular dialogue i guess i think part of what that is at least for me because i i know exactly what you're talking about for me the poetic nature of this <laughs> is the certain lines like a blessing. There are certain lines that get repeated over and over mm -hmm. again. And that's why while going into the show, I did not know about its history in terms of starting out with that sort of poetic nature to it, but there was a poetry to the script. So I was not surprised to read that that went on. And so much of that, uh, Mitchell, I mean, comes to you where so many of those lines, Baruch Hashem, that's the Hebrew part, but, but other lines which just get repeated, even like every time you all giving, not giving secrets away, but you're sitting Shiva or where somebody mm -hmm. has died. There is a repetition to what goes on, but it's a repetition that is poetic. Yes, I agree. I think, I think, and I think repetition, I think the repetition does a couple of things. I think it's beautifully as far as beautiful as, po as poetry as a, you know, a, a, a a technique to to lull the audience into a poetry and into a concept. It also is very effective in um, dropping ideas and phrases into the audience's head that pay off two hours later. And so the repetition is not just poetry. It's a beautiful technique of the playwright so that as an audience member, when it comes back again, it's been dropped in either a serious or a comic way or in different ways in, in dialogue, in poetry. So then when it comes back and it really has to land, it's in your head already. So I think it's a beautiful playwriting technique. One of the other things that, that goes on, Anisha, I'll come to you with this. I'll, uh, I'll have a question for everybody, but um, I, everybody, you have to sit there and wonder how the heck, not only do you memorize the lines, which is unbelievable, but, but, how you go from role to role, because it's not a secret to give way to say each of you play many, many roles in this. What I didn't expect, because I knew that, but I thought we would like see you in a role and then later we'll see you in a role. It's not that. It's that you are switching roles in the moment and and, and back and forth. And, and Anish, part of what I think helps that, you're the pro professional actor, tell me, it's the fact that you you all also narrate. You are narrators in addition to the roles. Is it the is it the narration moment that allows you to switch roles in your head? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the narration definitely helps. You know, we're breaking that fourth wall constantly. So we're talking to the audience pretty much for the entire piece, you know, and and I think it's it's kind of guiding them through the story. So they're on the journey with us and when we start to talk about a, a new event or a, a new sequence in the story, and we talk about these characters from the third person, you know, we that allows us to give us a bridge to to 
you know, embodying those characters right away. Um, sometimes you don't get that bridge. Sometimes it just happens uh, out of, you know, circumstance. And so you have to really um, be able to switch on a dime, uh, uh, you know, quickly, physically, vocally, um, your mannerisms. Um, and so I think we worked on that during rehearsal to try to etch out and, and carve out specific characteristics. And I had some friends in the audience who uh, don't go to the theater often. They, they, uh, they were, they were able to quickly tell like when we were not playing our, our, you know, main character, uh, whether it be the brother or the narrator, and we were switching into a different character right away, they could tell. And so we, you know, we put a lot of work into making sure that that, that was clear for the audience. Joey, I'm sort of curious. I wanted to ask each of you that question. What did you do, Joey? I mean, there's so much switching that goes on. Do you ha- Is there a mind game or is it just like, no, I am who I am at the moment? How do you do it? Yeah, that's. A, I guess it's so in, in my system, in, in an actor's system, that it's just, you don't think about it. I mean, what, what's great about these, the narration, which was something that, that um, two of the co-directors, two of the directors, Nick and Vanessa. I want to talk about them. Yeah. These narrators have a point of view also. And so that was that was something that we wanted to bring out. Like it's it's yes, it's us or it's the narrator, but the narrator has a point of view. And certainly when you have a point of view as the narrator and then it immediately switches into a character, like I'll go from narrator into a character. Bobby Lehman, who is one of the the children of um, of uh, Emmanuel of um, Philip Lehman, and it just kind of switches. And I also, you know, we all play uh, women, and so like switching into that, um, it just, yeah, I, I don't. It's it's a terrible answer. I don't have any specific thing, but it's just it's kind of in you, you know. It's just like, oh, this is who this person is now, and that's who I'm going to play. Mitchell, any any thoughts you have in terms yeah. of how you made that shift? I think that I think both of the gentlemen said it, and the the thing is, and this is like nerdy actor talk that some people like and some people are, are utterly like bored, uh, utterly bored by. Good, I'm glad. Is um, it's about specificity. It's about uh, a specific reading of the text, and then it's about specific conversations with the directors and what they envision the character is, and then how you filter it through the actors. Brain and soul and heart, but it's about the reason why we're able. And I watch it every night because I'm watching these two guys, these amazing guys go back and forth. The reason why we're able to switch so quickly without showing you our work, you know, without presenting you with the transition and we do it so quickly and clearly is because we're all very specific about who these people are. And so the, the ingredient, the flower that we bake with, to quote the play, is specificity. And I think that's true in any good acting. Yeah. Uh, good, good answer. Uh, and makes sense. Uh, Anish, I th- I'm guessing... Now, I have to actually just ask this question. You are familiar with your directors here. I know you've you worked with Nick before, whatever. Did uh, Mitchell or Joey, have you worked with these directors before? I have not. That was my, my first time. And I had a, I really, really enjoyed it. It's not easy to co-direct. And they were on the same page almost all of the time. That's what I wanted to ask. And so uh, I'm just going to start with Anish because you do know these directors. Uh, how does a co-directing thing work? Because I think if I'm a co-director, I'm going to go, if I'm Nick, I'm, well, Nick's a really nice guy, but you know, but I'm going to go, oh no, we need to do it this way. How did they manage their differences if, if there were, were any? Yeah. I mean, there were, there were definitely differences. I mean, they'd have very, two very different styles. And, uh, I, I've worked with Nick before, uh, Vanessa, I've worked with as an actor when she, when she used to be an actor, uh, but never as a director. 
Um, and I think that uh, both of them were pretty much on the same page in terms of being able to figure out how they want to unlock the play from an acting perspective. Um, and so we would get, you know, uh, notes that they would probably talk about together and then send to us at the same time. So it was coming from as if it was coming from one person. Uh, but I know from a design perspective and from a production perspective that they were trying to meet uh, with 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 each of their different types of styles. And so there was definitely, uh, it, it was not all, you know, <laughs> you know, all on the same page, but I think they, they were able to work together to come to an agreement on what they wanted this world to look like. And, and, and I think to what Joey said that, you know, at the end of the day, we felt supported by both of them and, and carried and, and nurtured and, and feeling like we worked together as a team, the five of us, including our stage managers, um, were a core unit that with along with the production team tried to bring this world to life and it, it was not an easy task i mean this is not an easy play to do it's probably the hardest thing that i've ever done in my career um so a very daunting task for all of us in, involved and uh i think that we were able to work together to try to to try to bring it to life as, as best as we could have any of these this is a show of hands question did any of you see this show either in london or on broadway so nobody had. Uh, and I kind of thought that might be the answer because, we, you know, the pandemic got in the way of all, all sorts of things. But Mitchell, I'm sort of curious when you when you um, create these roles, uh, not well, in the main roles of the Lehman Brothers. I, I don't know if you if, if you had seen it on, on Broadway. Are you impacted by the way some other actor has, has done a role before um, or is it just about doing your homework on the history of these characters? Is it your own development? And did the did the directors guide you at all in terms of what they think these Lehmans may have been like? The the simple answer is yes to all those things. The more complicated answer is I am not susceptible. I'm not one of those actors who like, don't watch it because you'll imitate it or it'll be stuck in your head because I sort of pride myself in being able to change on a dime if I need to. But I do, I am influenced by interpretation. And so I, I like when I'm challenged by something, there were a couple of um, little clips of the play online that I would watch like a second or two to be like, I don't think I fully understand this line. And so I watched little clips of it to go, oh, okay, well, I don't necessarily want to do it that way, but now I sort of understand what it is. So I, I'm influenced by interpretation, by script analysis, more than I am by um, character portrayal. And so I think... Um, I think it was challenging because there's, there's, I played, think, I think I played in total 23 different people. Some of them are absolutely not like me and some of them are very close to my personality. And I know that Vanessa and uh, Nick and I had to work kind of hard on the ones that are closer to my own voice, closer to my own personality so that you could see a difference between Mitchell, the narrator, and then Mitchell as this person who may actually be quite similar to Mitchell. So once again, it's back to that specificity, but we relied, I relied on Nick and Vanessa and their eye and their taste and their interpretation. Joey, I, you know, I think one of the reasons that so many uh, producers want to bring their shows to Chicago before they go to Broadway is for obvious reasons. The audience is here in Chicago and uh, they learn so much. I mean, but whether it's Jerry Mitchell uh, or so many, this is just a, a must start place for so many uh, folks doing the show. And I'm asking, I'm setting that out as a preface to the question of you've appeared on Broadway, you were in the front page, you were in the big knife. What, what is, talk to me about the difference, if any, for you about appearing on a Broadway stage versus here in Chicago, not so much of, cause you know, you're not in the timeline space now, right? You're, you know, you're, you're on a decent stage, which would compare to a New York theater, but 
But in terms of the difference in experience from an audience perspective, is it different when you're on a Chicago stage versus Broadway? Uh, yes, of course it's different. I mean, you know, I, I've been so lucky also to be on the Looking Glass stage yeah. so many times, and it's it's very intimate. And there's so many theaters in, in town which are those kind of, you know, maybe not as many as, as we'd like these days, but uh, these storefront theaters where you're just in it, where you're just really in and on top of the actors. And and that's why I think the the quality of, of acting here has to be so genuine and real mm -hmm. because if you're five feet from someone you can tell when someone's you know bsing around i mean you just you just can tell when someone is not telling the truth and um yeah so there's there's a difference i mean do i like being on a broadway stage oh my god yes there's <laughs> nothing there's i'm there's just nothing like it you know it's it's a very it's different and, and i think there's you know a lot of i don't do a lot of musicals but Certainly, a straight play in New York has a different a different vibe too, you know. Um, it, it meaning, like a musical, you know, a musical is is big, and there's not that there's not truth in a musical. Of course, there is. There has to be, but but it's it's a little different doing a play and, and, and a musical. I think uh, anywhere, but um, yes, I, I do. I love doing a show in New York and Broadway. Oh my gosh, yes! But it's it is a different experience. It's it's a different experience. Yeah, you know, and, and I get and to. You know, I, I'm, Lucky I get to do both. And and Looking Glass is just such one of my favorites. I'm I'm active there and spend time with you know, talk to Phil Smith and all the folks involved. Are you, by the way, on the I have to ask, are, is is Looking Glass on the agenda for you at all in the new season? I, I hope so. I mean, we're trying to figure out what you know what what Looking Glass will be producing next next year. So we're we're in discussions and we're, you know, certainly uh, hoping that um yeah, that that we're gonna not hoping that we will come back and, and, and produce next season. And just, I guess I'm, I'm saying I'm appreciative of everyone who has been so supportive and, and kind of waiting for what's going to happen. You know, our goal is to, to be back and, and produce. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And by the way, after we did that Emmy award-winning special in the past, Schwimmer called me to say he liked it. I never heard from you, but I do not hold that uh, in my head <laughs> uh, all these years later. I, I lost, I lost your number. Your number was not in my, <laughs> I will give it to you. Mitchell's got it. Happy to give it to you. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, so, and, and Anish, also you uh, who are in this, you know, in, when you're in the timeline space, but you've been on this space before too with Oslo. But, um, but what what about that difference between uh, between that intimacy of being in that timeline space? And for any of our viewers who have never been to timeline, new building is coming. But for now, over on Wellington, there's very little. I mean, Looking Glass is intimate, but timeline, man, <laughs> that's, that's uh, so intimate as well. A difference for you in terms of dealing with the audience. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the the this, the Wellington space that we've been at for many years, um, you know, I mean, there's just nothing like it. I think to Joy's point, uh, and I, I think that just kind of describes the Chicago theater in general. Like, you know, there is a there's an intimacy there. There's a uh, closeness there. There's there absolutely you can't hide anything, right? You have to be the real deal when you're on uh, when you're on stage in front of that audience, and um, and I think that you know the audiences really appreciate that. Like they, they love to be a part of that, you know, um, that sort of proximity, that closeness. And that's sort of the signature of Chicago theater in general, you know? And um, so it's one of the things that has, you know, kept me here. You know, um, I, I take pride in being a Chicago actor. Uh, I know a lot of folks have sort of been surprised that the show was cast with three Chicago actors. And I, I would challenge that to say, I think it's a gift that, that it's being, and it doesn't have to be the three of us, right? It could be any three Chicago actors, but I think 
I think that we we should be proud of the fact that we're we're putting on a very difficult play with three Chicago actors, and that to me, I take a lot of pride in in saying that that we are from Chicago, you know. Um, but I think in terms of the space that we're in right now, the Broadway Playhouse, it's a five hundred and fifty plus seat theater. Um, you have to make some different choices in terms of opening up uh, so that you're hitting that last row in the in the space uh, vocally. Um, so you're you're trying to bring that intimate quality, but you're bringing it to a vast vast audience. Mm-hmm. And and we're one of the great things about this piece is that we, because we can break that fourth wall, we can talk to everybody. So we're we're talking not only to to the folks here in the front row, but we're talking to the back row, and we can we, we can shift our angles in, in a way that allows them to come into our story, and we want them to come into the story. And to me, like they are the fourth actor of the show, um, and we we can't. We can't tell this journey without them. Yeah, I felt like as I was sitting front row center, as, as Mitchell knows, and I, I hope you weren't. It wasn't embarrassing <laughs> when I was sort of offering you M and M's during the during the. <laughs> no, I act. needed it. I needed a snack. By that point, you got to be hungry. I there need are, a nosh. Sure. <laughs> there's there's two intermissions in this show. I should tell people it runs pretty much three hours and ten minutes. I think you get two intermissions, but I got to tell you, there are some people who would be put off by that. Um, it flew by. I never looked at my watch once and, and it just, the story just moves and goes. Was that, um, Joey, I'll ask you, was that something, were the directors concerned about that? Like, this is long. We got to keep everybody with us. Or is it, they just trust you as actors? You know, I think it was probably more of a concern for us. Like, oh God, it's three hours. And they were, and they were encouraging to, they were encouraging us to, you know, slow down. You don't have to, it's, it's a, tell the story. Tell the story. And there's so much to the story and it gets so layered and complicated that we want to make sure we lay it out for everybody that, you know, certainly the beginning, like who, what character are you? Who am I? You know, I'm just like making sure that everything is connected and connected. And, you know, it's like um, we like to say at our house here, fast is this, that slow is the fast way where you don't have to rush. You know, you don't like, like when you do a line through and you, you don't have to rush your lines you just have to say it clearly and make sure that thought lands and then we'll get it. It doesn't feel like it's fat. It's slow or, or yeah. it doesn't feel like it's fast or rushed. You know, you just have to get that thought out. And if the thought is clear, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be um, necessarily slow, you know? What would, by the way, Mitchell, by, I, I meant to say this at the beginning, you, you did a series a while, but was it called red line. Was that it? Yeah. I love yeah. that. I watched it just for you. Um, oh, thank you. It yeah, was, that was a, I'll tell you what, that was a Chicago, uh, an organic Chicago, based on a playwright, a play that was a hit in Chicago by Chicago playwrights. Um, there was so many Chicago actors in it and uh, the crew. Um, it, that was a real joy. I think um, I think the topic was a little too serious for that particular demographic of that particular network. And uh, it's a shame because it was a smart show. Yeah, I really liked it. I just want to be sure I mentioned that. Um, Thank you. I also wanted to get, get a sense from you. It, when you're doing a show like this, um, do you think back to, Anisha, I'll come to you. What would the Lehman brothers, your character, all three brothers, if they saw where things ended up in 2008, would they have said, I told you, never take it away from us? I mean, what, what would, how would they view things today uh, if they mm-hmm. watched the show to get the history of it? It's a good question. Um, I think they would be, you know, uh, I think it would be sort of mixed emotions, right? The ambition. And I, I think this is what the place speaks to as well, which is, you know, what is the American dream? 
mean for every individual. And that could be anything from success to being able to better your life, your family, uh, whatever level you want. And I think for them that they were, they were trying to better life for themselves, you know, and for their families. And I don't think they would have really envisioned the ambition or, or how successful they, they would have been. You know, I mean, to be able to outlast such pivotal events in U.S. history, you know, from the Civil War yeah. to the stock market crash to the Civil Rights Movement, um, you know, we, we th- that story just evolves over 170 years. And for them to survive all of that um, as a family, it's just remarkable, you know. And so I think if they look back at 2008, you know, it would be both, both with, with, with sadness, immense sadness because of what, you know, happened. But I also think that there would be an incredible amount of awe and surprise as to like how far they got. Um, and so uh, I think that the, the play, again, speaks to this idea of the cost of capitalism and, yeah. you know, what are you willing to give up? Yeah, that is a bigger message. And Joey, I'm, I'm thinking, I agree with what Anish said, but there's a part of me that says, look, when we see the original brothers too, it's not as though they didn't have ambition, right? We're going to make suits. We're going to buy the cotton. I mean, those initial three brothers, they also had the ambition to, they just didn't have the vision to know what, what life would become over the next century and a half. But maybe in that way, they would have looked and said, I see how we ended up where we ended up because we were always going for more, always ahead of the game. I think, I mean, I can speak for Meyer. I think Meyer probably would have been happy to stay in, in, um, Alabama. I mean, in, um, yeah, in Alabama. Alabama. I think he was, he was very, you know, what history says, what the play says, I think he would have liked to have stayed there because it wasn't all about money for him. Um, but then, you know, then um, Bobby Lehman has a different, <laughs> has a different take on things. He was kind of almost forced into it. I um, And he really, I think, started to enjoy it. But also the play is structured so beautifully where, all of our characters of the kind of the line of characters that we play have this kind of connection. You know, I, so I play Meyer and Meyer, I think is a very, is a a pretty sensitive soul. He comes as kind of a a go between perhaps between the brothers. He does care about, about staying at home, about being at home. Um, When I play Bobby, who is the son of Philip and Philip is a very determined, ambitious character. Bobby wants to be an artist. I mean, he wants to be a painter. He wants to draw. He really, he's got that passion. And, and Robert Lehman, for all of his business acumen, created one of the greatest personal art collections in the world. You know, I mean, he was just always a passionate uh, a painter yeah. and um, and collector. And I think that's kind of an amazing thing, too. You know, it's just, it's the play is structured so, so well. And Mitchell, just, and we're almost out of time, but just very briefly, I'm thinking, and Henry learned early on, the, the importance of adaptation, because, of course, he was Chaim who learned initially that, no, you're Henry. OK. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting, Henry being, uh, you know, I'm, I'm only Henry for like 20 minutes of the play, you know, because Henry uh, Lehman uh, passed away earliest of the three brothers. And I think it's like the question of what they would think is like, how could they have even imagined? They probably couldn't even have imagined the Civil War or certainly not the the outcome of it, or, I mean, the space race. I mean, there's no way to even imagine these things. I think, um, I think Henry came from a very bad circumstance for Jewish people and wanted to have a better life. 
And I think that's the impetus of this. And the play ultimately talks about what we give up when we let ambition replace culture. What great words to sort of wrap on. Uh, th- the show is amazing. You guys are incredible. Um, and uh, I would have to do it on book if I if I were to fill in for one of you. So uh, <laughs> just stunning that you got it. The Lehman Trilogy is playing at the Broadway Playhouse through November 26th. That's an extended. They extended you a month already. Um, th- this is the good thing. It, and uh, you can get tickets at broadwayinchicago.com. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you. Congratulations. Mazel Tov, I think, is appropriate for this one. And uh, break legs every night. You guys are amazing. I'm sending as many people as I can to see it. You, you do a great Thank call. you so much, Paul. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great Hanukkah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.